I didn't need to forgive him as much as I needed to forgive myself. Because the type of damage and, and the type of pain, it took me a while to wrap my brain around this, but all the writing and the thinking and the reading that I've done, all of the pain that he pushed on me and, and delivered to me, I delivered to others trying to pay him back. You're listening to the Authenticity is Contagious podcast with Kathleen O'Grady, where she and her guests discuss what it means to choose your authentic self, to remove negative energy, to live a calmer life, and to become more, a more heart-centered person, a stronger leader, a better partner, and a friend. Come join us on this journey of creating the life you've been missing out on, one intention at a time. Here's your host, authentic leadership coach and founder of Rally Coaching and Rally Coaching Academy, Kathleen O'Grady. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 10 of the Authenticity is Contagious podcast. We have a very powerful discussion to share with you today. My dear friend, Lorraine Barnes, opened up about her experiences of victimhood and abuse. I want to make sure I put out a disclaimer, as this episode contains some disturbing content that may not be for everyone. If you have kids with you, you may want to save this for another time altogether. With that said, I can't thank Lorraine enough for sharing her story and potentially helping others who are suffering as well. One quick note, there are two men that Lorraine mentions in the show, Rob and Robert, two different people entirely. Rob is Lorraine's boss and a good guy. Robert is, well, you'll hear in the show, not a good guy. Okay, let's get right to my discussion with Lorraine. So today my guest on the Authenticity is Contagious podcast is none other than Lorraine Barnes from Wilmington, North Carolina. Welcome, Lorraine. Hi. (laughs) So I've been really excited about having you on as a guest because (laughs) the story that we share is quite a doozy. Mm -hmm. Of course, you probably anticipate my first question that I'm going to have you share with our listeners today, which was, how did you come to get to know me and how did you like me at that time? <laughs> Absolutely, positively, 100% against my will. <laughs> so back in November of 2017, the gentleman that I worked for decided he needed to reach out for some authentic leadership training. I was hired to ground his company financially and do some heavy lifting, so to speak. And so he grouped me into that same category, which... You know, I flew off with, you have to be kidding me. A few explicatives in there. So we fought about it. And he's like, well, I'm going up to Raleigh to meet these people and you're going with me. So fast forward three or four weeks, that appointment comes and I'm like, I'm not going. I have a multi-million dollar business to run and I'm not going with you up there. I have no desire to meet these people and no desire to even partake in whatever bullshit it is that you're doing. So he goes up there, he comes back and he's like, this is great. I've hired them. I have invested X amount of thousands of dollars. And of course I go left around the corner, a few more explicatives. And he's like, oh, by the way, you have a Zoom interview and you're going to meet these people. So a week later, we're on this lovely Zoom call with two people that I've never met in my life and really didn't want to meet, Kathleen O'Grady and Marcy Miles. The whole time we're having this conversation, I'm to the right of Rob, the business owner, 
my boss and I'm cussing him. I'm flipping him off and I'm like, I am not dealing with this woman. She's way too happy. She smiles too much. She laughs too much. She's crazy. Um, I'm not doing it. So that's how I came to meet you. Ah, yes. And then fast forward to February 4th yes. of 2019. Yes. Tell us about that. After surviving the Zoom interview and, and still being hellbent and determined that I was not partaking in this, it came down to basically I either surrender and go or I could walk away from my job. I had already walked out of corporate America at that point and really wasn't in the mood to walk out of another job. So I sucked it up buttercup and I went to Raleigh, North Carolina. February 4th at 7.55 a.m., because we were told to be five minutes early, I walked through the doors of Raleigh Coaching Academy, and there I sat. And somehow they had me sitting at the front of the room next to one of the proctors, Miss Marcy Miles. And so what, what happened over the course of that day for you? I mean, between all the different exercises and everything that, you know, RCA was presenting to the restaurant brand that I'm the COO of, the long of the short of it is by the end of the day, I had called my boss and told him it was the best investment that he had ever made, whether or not he had the money to do it or not. What made you say that? Um, coming from the world that I come from and existing in a world that was strictly black and white, a little speck of light came through, if you would. I was opened up to, let's say the colors of life. There was more than just black and white that existed. And not everybody's feelings can be reduced down to a spreadsheet. Yeah. And, you know, you and I have talked about this quite a bit because I always like to reminisce about how I won you over. If I remember correctly, it was the exercise where you had to kind of identify your current identity story on a sheet. The I am exercise, the bubbles. Yes. Yep. Yes. And what did that uncover for you? Honestly, that I was the robotic shell of a human being that I literally reduced everything down to a financial equation. I reduced it down to a spreadsheet or to an algorithm. And that was pretty, that was pretty enlightening when you actually sit and write something about yourself. And, you know, I was trying to be honest. We were told to be 100% honest about it. And so I was really like, okay, I'm here. Let me just dive into this and totally be honest. And that's what, that's what came out for me. So your overachieverness actually worked against you in that exercise. Absolutely. It did. But for you in the end. Absolutely. Now, that was just the appetizer, if you will. Yes. To give an, a restaurant pun of what then transpired over the course of pretty much all of 2019. Yes. And I don't necessarily want to lead you in the direction of any particular story, but if you can imagine who you have been in your life, and all of the places that you had suffered and beat yourself up and basically tortured yourself emotionally. What do you want to share with the listeners about what happened to you over the course of 2019? 
that's a deep well. Yeah. I know you're not going to be able to tell everything. No, for sure. My story is a story of many, many webs and, and many, many strings. And I think the greatest part of 2019 for me was that I didn't have to be held captive by anything and everything that happened in the past. I used to be a person that existed strictly in the black and white. It was either this way or that way. I had an ego the size of, you know, the San Andreas fault, if you would, if you want to come up with something big to compare it to. The fact that I was going to figure out a way to always be right. I could terminate people. I have probably slid 1,500 or more severance checks across the table with no emotion, no feeling, never considering someone else's positions, where they may be financially, emotionally, mentally, no consideration for anyone. I held myself captive from the chains that I was bound by from a man that decided he needed to control and own my childhood. He took it from me. And instead of me taking it back, I gave it to him. I gave him every part of myself. And I didn't realize that I, instead of taking the drug route in my life or, you know, the slumming it route, I became the absolute overachiever and I was going to claw my way to the top and I was going to fight my way to the top regardless of who I hurt or what I did or what I had to do. And I've pulled some pretty shitty, shady stunts in my life to get to the top. Yes, it may have worked out financially, but it worked out in no other way for me. This man, his name was Robert, destroyed any sense of innocence that I had with myself as a child, as somebody that existed in a world. And I didn't realize until May of 2019 that I had given him myself and I gave him my soul and I gave him my heart. He didn't take it from me. I gave it to him. And so the realities that set in for me was, were, I didn't have to live that life. I didn't have to be this overbearing, obnoxious, self-centered, self-righteous bitch that I had become. And that's the only way to describe it. That's mm -hmm. everything that I had become. Thank you so much for having the trust to share that with everyone who's listening, because I remember you talking about how your identity for the longest time had been one of victim. Yes. And so the way you fought back against feeling like a victim was to almost have, if I will, if I may, like an I'll show you MRFR perspective. <laughs> Honestly, what I did, and, and this has just actually been a recent epiphany for me, you know what I did? I took my victim status because that's how I lived my life. And I turned other people into victims. Oh, wow. That's what I did. And the people that were able to walk away from some of the things that I did and not be a victim are the people that had already traveled a journey that I've just recently been traveling over the past 13 months. That's what I did. 
if I was going to be a victim, so was everybody else. But I was going to look like the hero in it. I wasn't going to be the victim because I didn't understand being exactly what a victim was. Wow. You know, we've talked about this a lot, but I've never heard you articulate it quite like that. Mm -hmm. That just goes to show that we're always going to have new insights when we talk about who we are and who we've been. Absolutely. And who we want to be more of and less of from one minute to the next. Mm -hmm. And so you mentioned about sliding over severance checks and when Mm -hmm. you used to be this hardcore bitch, heartless. Yes. Now, I also recognize you've had a lot of transition in your current restaurant leadership. And now what is it like when you have to have a conversation? (laughs) It's quite amusing, actually. The first termination that I actually had to do since this transition and, you know, going from one extreme to the other extreme and not finding that balance yet, I actually cried. I had to leave the table and let Rob deal with it. It broke my heart because all I could think about was, oh my God, how are they going to pay their bills? How are they going to pay their rent? How is she going to eat? So I, I went from being the persecutor to jumping into this rescuing mindset, like, oh my God, I have to rescue them. So I just fired them. So now I've got to figure out how are they going to eat and how they're going to pay their bills. So, you know, it was the, the first couple of terminations were a little tough for me because I had to figure out how to balance it, you know, how to exist in a business world where certain decisions are black and white, but the emotion and the human aspect of it doesn't have to be black and white. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it took a couple months and, you know, you and I had several conversations about that, but I've, finally found that balance. It's kind of like a a pendulum. It swings from one extreme to the other Mm -hmm. before it kind of gets into the center. Yes. I'm wondering how you're feeling today about your authentic leadership. Honestly, I feel better about myself today and my leadership than I have in, what, 25 years? A really cool thing that I've come to terms with is all of the people that I have terminated in my career, not all of them technically deserved it. I was existing in a world of yes, but. Now, what I realize is I'm not terminating people. I'm setting standards for a company. There are budgets, there are baselines, there are guidelines. You know, there are certain things that have to be followed, whether it be health department compliance, alcohol law enforcement rules, service, labor budgets, food budgets, cost of goods, whatever the case may be, I'm not terminating the people. They're actually terminating themselves. You know, when you constantly jack your cost up over X amount of percent and it's just kind of a whatever, you know, I'm not terminating them. I'm just helping them exit the building and I'm not doing it from a place of watch this, I'll fix you, or doing it from a place of, oh, you want me to control this this tightly? Okay, let me just go terminate 10 people and call it a day. More no. conscious. Yes, yes, and, and, and I'm not robotic, and I'm not cold-hearted. You know, I realize and, and I accept the fact that I am terminating a human being. I am releasing someone from a place where they're receiving a salary. They 
may be dependent, you know, on that money because they may live hand to mouth and not have savings or whatever. And, you know, they, they might depend on every single penny and it does hurt. But at the end of the day, when it comes to the business, yes, I have to protect the business, but I really don't have to further destroy and further beat down somebody, you know, outside of that termination. And so outside of your professional life, what has choosing authenticity done in your personal life? Ah, that's a, so, you know, funny enough, I I live in a complicated situation. My partner and I have been together well over 23 years and her mother recently moved in with us. And of recent, I mean, in the past four years, she's been living with us. It's been quite complicated some days and, the old Lorraine just got extremely pissed off and, you know, one big F you and I'm not tolerating this. I'm going to make you choose. And, you know, you can't subject me to this and it's not fair. And, you know, basically acting like a child standing in the corner going, you, you can't have my crayons. I want them. And, you know, I've, I've gone from that to accepting and understanding that this woman has lost her freedom She's lost her ability to be able to live by herself. She's losing her sight. Her memory is not the greatest. She's got some early onset of like some dementia setting in. And I'm actually blessed that I am in a position to provide a house, to provide food, to provide care, to provide transportation and to provide laughter and love. You know, it doesn't mean that there aren't hard days and it doesn't mean there aren't days that I would like to choke her out. That's human nature. But what I realized is it really boils down to being proactive versus being reactive. As long as I'm not reactive to the situation and just love her no matter what, it's all good. And my relationship is stronger now than it's been ever. It's because you opened your heart. I'm not heartless. You even opened your heart to me. <laughs> I did. Crazy enough. The woman that I thought was batshit crazy. <laughs> and at this point, we've been on two vacations together. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I want to go back to a couple of things that I know sure. you've shared with me about mm-hmm. your experience of growing into choosing authenticity versus choosing fear. One of the biggest takeaways was the concept from the four agreements, be impeccable with your word. Yes. Oof. (laughs) So I'll tell this story. Fast forward through the initial training that my company set up with Raleigh Coaching Academy And we had some classes and some pre-work and some after work and some books, you know, different things we had to do. I went through Calc, Raleigh Coaching's Academy's Certified Authentic Leadership Coach Training. And the first weekend, I decided that I was going to, I wanted to take back control and power over my own life because I had given it away. I gave it away to Robert. I gave it away just on so many different things that I, that we really don't have time to, to cover. So I'm just going to focus on Robert right now. The short of the extremely long story is 
the abuse was severe, it was deemed rape, torture, assault, and he was in prison. It was discovered when I was a teenager at my godmother's house. I stood up to put my cereal bowl in the sink. I passed out. I was internally hemorrhaging. I hadn't told anybody. They rushed me to the hospital. The doctors came out, asked my parents, I need to know what happened to this child, and I need to know now. So that's when the story started coming out. So fast forward through all of that time and, you know, climbing what I deemed the ladder of success, which was defined by financial gain, of course, and title. That weekend, that first weekend of Calc, I decided to take my life back from him. I had already turned my keys in from corporate America. I was, I was tired of it. I was tired of existing as a number. I didn't know why I was tired of it, but I was. And so I decided to write this man a letter. And this letter that I wrote, it boiled down to forgiving him for everything. And I think you may remember better than me because it was a blur, Kathleen, but I think even there was one part of it that I thanked him for all the lessons that I've learned. And I read the letter to the leaders of the Calc program in private the last day of the first weekend. And I gave the letter to Kathleen and Kathleen said she was going to burn it. And what was it? Three, four days later, three mm -hmm. days later, Kathleen just texts me a video of the letter being burnt at her home in, in a pot. And it said, goodbye, Robert. Hello, Lorraine. It took me a day to watch it, but I watched it. And from there, two days later, the man had a massive heart attack. From there, fast forward, was it seven days, eight days later, my company was scheduled to be back at Raleigh Coaching Academy for further training. And while I was there on a Tuesday, he actually died. During that time, I went to the hospital and I saw him. He didn't know I was there. But again, I said, you know, I reiterated my forgiveness and I wished him well. And I wished him peace with his maker, whoever that may be in his world. And what I have learned about the impeccability of your word is to be really, really careful with what you wish, won't desire, and manifest. Because the universe will deliver, but it delivers in its own way. Mm -hmm. And you have to make sure you're ready for it. Because the universe doesn't work on our time, if you think about it. Yeah, and every time... I think back to how that all was happening so quickly and divinely. The story I make up is that because you had expressed forgiveness to him through your letter and through your visit to the hospital, his, his role was complete. Mm-hmm. He was my forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that forgiveness, it went deep because honestly, I didn't need to forgive him as much as I needed to forgive myself mm -hmm. because the type of damage and, and the type of pain, it took me a while to wrap my brain around this, but all the writing and the thinking and the reading that I've done, all of the pain that he pushed on me and, and delivered to me, I delivered to others trying to pay him back. Now, it wasn't in a sexual way. You know, I've never done anything like that. And it wasn't in 
that type of demonic way. But I delivered my own bullshit to people. And I, I caused them their own level of pain as well. And I, I really had to forgive myself more than I had to forgive him. It was easier to forgive him than it was to forgive myself once I was able to actually realize what I was doing. What wisdom do you have to share with people who have suffered any sort of abuse or rape in terms of their healing? We all hear everybody say, you're not alone because there's somebody else out there that was abused as a child. There was somebody else out there that was raped. There was somebody else out there that was kidnapped, you know, whatever the case may be. All of our situations are similar, but what I mean when I say you're not alone is you really do have yourself. They can only take from you what you choose to give them. And while it's great to have friends and family and loved ones to lean on and to depend on, the most important person to be able to lean on and depend on and to love on is yourself. Because without that, they will always have power and dominion over you. That's what I would say to people. When you imagine having this podcast with me today, what's a question that I haven't asked you yet that I should be asking? (laughs) All in this notion about authenticity being contagious. Oh, I know. The story, if it's okay to share, the story about the letter that one of your staff people wrote to you? Uh, I actually have that letter over there on the desk. So I have this young lady and her life is a twisted web as well. She was a drug addict and she's been clean for three years and she moved to Wilmington, North Carolina. The first year she was employed by us, I walked up to her because she had made a comment that I was mean. Now this is pre- pre-journey, pre-transition of Lorraine. She said, I said to her, if you're not strong enough to stand up to me, you're not warm enough to be on my line and you can get the hell out. And from that point, she worked diligently to prove herself to me. After my transition, we've had a great talk and she recently just wrote me a letter, her and her husband, and asked me to be the godmother to their unborn child. Wow. (laughs) So, and, and this is the one that thought I was a crazy bitch. I mean, she called me that a few times, actually, to my face. Mm-hmm. And the one question I've, I've got this that I'm shocked you haven't asked me was, what reality did I have? And what, what thoughts did I have? And what did I know in my heart was going to happen to me if I didn't make changes to, within myself? Okay, yeah. Because I knew that, you know, between drinking and just burning the candle at both ends. The answer to that question is, had I not opened my heart, my mind and my soul up in RCA, not only through the training with my company, but through the Calc program, 
I would have been dead. I probably would have been dead within two years. I definitely wouldn't be doing this podcast. I, I most likely would have been dead. Would you consider that kind of self-sabotage in a way? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I was working in every possible self-sabotaging way you could come up with. Well, shout out to Rob Shapiro. Thanks for <laughs> saving Lorraine's life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rob. Don't tell him that, girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, my dear, I, I mean, there's so much more to the onion that is you yeah. uh, that I'm sure there'll be reasons for me to have you back on again in the future. Mm -hmm. uh, but any, any parting words to our listeners today? Well, I, I think the name of your, your podcast says it all is that authenticity is contagious and it needs to spread like wildfire because we won't exist under the shadow of fear when it does. That's so true. And I'll, yeah. I'll add to that with my parting words that I knew you didn't like me. <laughs> it I was knew. all over your face. Oh yes, girl. I know. And I just thought to myself, <laughs> Oh, I got this. I'm just going to love her into submission. <laughs> and it, it went a lot faster than I thought. I was on the way out of this world. And that's the part you didn't know. Part of me did, obviously. Yeah. Um, the part that, that connects us all. So I love you dearly. I love you. We will listen to this recording together some night over, over a meal and smile. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. All right, doll. Thanks, Angel. Thank you so much, Lorraine Barnes, for sharing your vulnerable story with us today. If you've suffered from abuse in the past, or even presently, I hope that this episode has helped in some small way. You are not alone, and you are worthy of love. If you are in need of support, RAIN is the nation's largest anti-sexual violence organization. For more information, visit RAINN.org or call 1-800-656-HOPE. Even if you think it might be your fault, it's not. You are loved, and you are not alone. Intro and outro music for this podcast was provided by a dear friend and former client, the incredibly talented Autumn Rose Brand. You can find out more about her and her music at autumnbrandviolin.com. This episode was edited and produced by EarFluence. For more on full-service podcast production for your business or personal brand, visit earfluence.com. Thanks and stay safe.